The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, joined by two of the top minds, powering Sportsline.com, managing editor RJ White, and esteemed capper Alex Selznick, a.k.a. Prop Stars. If you missed the last episode, the boys were back in town. Brady Quinn and Lee J. Doosable joined Brinson to recap the biggest storylines surrounding final roster cuts in the NFL. That's a super fun episode. If you didn't catch it, it's still on our YouTube channel, the audio version. You can get wherever you get your podcast. So go ahead and hit subscribe on both of those platforms that you don't miss another episode and give us a like while you're at it today. We're going to revisit a contest that RJ put together for all of us and uh, the rest of your favorite sports lines personalities. It's the 2023 NFL sports line, NFL futures, double NFL there. You didn't write that. I did championship. Um, that's a good name. That's a very, very succinct name for it that you, that you, that and you actually, that is the whole name, the whole, the whole long the 2023 I did the NFL there. sports line, NFL futures did, championship. Well, and I did the double. That's not you. I did the double. That's all part of the name too. What okay. is the official name of the draft? Okay. RJ? It's the sports line NFL futures championship. Huh. It's uh, something we put together. Um, the format that we landed on, I do one of these for RT sports, um, over the summer and it's a little bit more complicated. You, you have your same pick format, but you pick how much you bid for each thing, and they set the lines themselves so that you can take advantage of some really stale lines. So wanted to set something up for you guys that's a little bit more realistic in the market. So in this format, up to 16 managers can participate. There's 16 rounds in the draft. Each manager builds a 12-unit portfolio, and those unit sizes for each pick are predetermined. As laid out in, like, say, win totals, there's a three-unit win total, a two-unit win total, one-unit win total, and then a half-unit alternate win total where you can move the line somewhere off of its regular line and get, you know, plus money or minus money if you want to be super safe. You got playoff wagers, uh, one unit on a make-or-miss make playoffs bet, half a unit on a division winner's bet, and a quarter unit on a Super Bowl winner bet. You got some stat props. You got one unit on a pass, one unit on a rush, one unit on a receiving prop those are all yards or touchdown props and then we get to the awards you get a quarter unit on your mvp pick and then 0.1 unit on offensive and defensive player of the year to one each for each of those one each for offensive defensive rookie of the year and then a coach of the year so 16 picks in all 12 units and pick them in any order you want um, as we're going to go through everybody gravitated to the very high unit win totals <laughs> early on and then we kind of had our own strategies after that so um <clears throat> i thoroughly enjoyed the draft I must confess, however, that I don't think I realized that you could only pick one of each thing until like yes. the fifth round. Yes. Um, at which point I was like, ah, I can't just pick three unit win totals 16 times. I see that that makes more sense. And that's when I sort of, um, I tried to jump on and RJ, we were texting about this, but I tried to jump on. I had the second overall pick. Um, you know, we, we, I tried to jump on sort of the awards markets, uh, which, which I always think are, are interesting. And I, I mean, I think, you know, depending on what you what you get, obviously, as you mentioned, you can only do, um, you know, point one unit for offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. But 
if you hit on like like I have uh, Aaron Donald for defensive player of the year, we'll talk about that later. But you know, if you if you hit on that at twenty five to one, clearly you can end up Alex uh, ended up you know making more than you might uh, with a with a single unit uh, win total bet. Yeah, absolutely, Brinson. I thought this was a total blast. I had such a great time combining two of my absolute favorite things in futures and a draft. I absolutely love the format, but the strategy was very interesting. As you guys pointed out, having the large units uh, picks, which were largely team totals going off the board early, and then we saw a variety of different strategies deployed after that, uh, I, there was a lot of nuance going into as far as how to pick those awards, only having 0.1 of a unit. Obviously, if there's favorites involved, those are going to likely be under 10 to 1 odds. So the return on those is minimal. So I really think it benefits you to kind of take long shots when you're looking at those uh, awards just based on kind of the units that were allotted. Yeah, RJ was uh, RJ runs a tight ship. Too, you know, if it was your time to go, it was your time to go. But he was a very compassionate commissioner as well. I had a nervous breakdown <laughs> in the middle of this, but there were several times that I would pick somebody and be like, "You can't do that." He was like, "You already, you already got this category, you got this," and I was like, "Okay, huh? uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah." And usually, like RJ, probably with you, RJ was like polite about that. Yes. Um, when I attempted <laughs> to take the when I attempted to take the Jaguars over, uh, RJ pointed out on the email thread to everyone that was the third pick of the entire draft, <laughs> Brinson. So if you could. Kindly <laughs> just pay any attention to what we're doing here. That'd be, that'd there, be was, nice. there was a 50% chance he tried to pick him again earlier too. That's why I I'm that. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I texted you. I was like, I'll take Jaguars over. And you're like, the Jaguars are not available. They were taken <laughs> in the first round. And then I was like, I will now take the Jaguars over. You're like, I, dude, I don't know what to tell you, but that the Jaguars are long gone, buddy. I got it. You're getting it the was- Cardinals over now. Yeah, how many? How many? RJ, how many people were in this draft? How many of us are there? The Senate being twelve. Um, the way it the way it's set up is that you can do it at up to sixteen if you want to set it up on your own. Because once a pick is off the board, just like in a fantasy team, nobody else can pick it. So we allowed people to take one side of the over under on all thirty two right. teams, and that is if the if the San Francisco over is taken, you can't take the San Francisco alt alt over either. You know, it's, it's it takes it off the board. So there's a limited number of picks. So with four slots in the win totals, you can do it up to sixteen managers in a draft um and we we ended up having 12 and i think it's gonna be pretty competitive uh by the way uh you can read this article on sportsline.com you can also sign up for uh sportsline.com and use promo code brinson is that a promo code rj it should be okay use promo I know, code I know moxie i know moxie is a promo you can use code. promo Trophy code moxie promo you code. can use promo code white you can use promo code you, you just I mean, whatever, whatever's easy. Throw them all in there and see what happens and then report back to us because I know Moxie works. I don't, I'm not sure about Brinson. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I'm set up on as a, as an expert on sportsline.com As am I. As am I. But you've been on there. I'm now on there. I'm just now on there. That's true. All right. But I was going to say, you get your first month for a dollar. You get your first month for a dollar. Yes, you do. Uh, All right. So let's get right into this. Uh, RJ, I I gave you a compliment saying that you run a tight chip, but uh, there was one question mark here, right? Mm -hmm. You said it was, you know, uh, automated. There was no favoritism, but somehow you got the very first pick. Mm. Hey, and I put Larry on that email and I, I put everybody, <laughs> I put everybody's names in. I didn't want to email blast the entire people because people are like, what is this? And send it to spam. Uh, but I let him confirm and then he, and I get the number one pick. And I, of course I do. You know? Also, mighty convenient that you put me at number two so you could keep me tightly wrangled <laughs> around both of your picks as well. Larry did immediately go on vacation too after said email. Yeah, was, there's, uh, a lot of, there's a lot of question marks here, RJ. A lot of question yeah, so, marks. So unlike a fantasy draft where everybody knows the like the order of teams, if you get the number one pick, everybody kind of knows where you're going. This is completely out the window. You know, we will see that that a different team got picked as a three-unit win total on either side of their win total. So um, I don't think anybody had any idea where anyone was going in this draft. Well, wh- where where did you go? Yeah, pick one. Yeah, so I took with the first pick the Eagles over 11 and a half at minus 105. Um, it's not a great price. I got a better price in the market for my main portfolio. I got plus 115 on that. But the reason I like going with them at the minus 105 price, A, I really believe in the Eagles. Um, I'm really positive on them. But B, some of the other higher um, you know, lock teams that we see went right after that are minus 140s, minus 145s. And locking in a minus 105 price, I really believe in for three units, I think really gives me a big edge. It's going to be hard to overcome, especially if these 0.1 unit bets are only hitting for, you know, a quarter units or half units. So um, I think it was really good to get that minus 105 price there. Yeah. I mean, you know, Katie and I've been 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were on Sportsline last night, uh, the, the show. You can watch it on CBS Sports HQ, of course. Um, but we were talking about the Eagles under. Like, I, I mean, I just think 11 and a half is a lot asking for a, a team that loses both uh, coordinators. But I think your point about the price is, is, yeah. is smart because I immediately went with the 49ers over uh, 10 and a half, which I got it at minus 140. I think it's out like minus 160 in some spots. And uh, being the idiot that I am, idiot savant, my my initial thought was, <laughs> we're not playing for any money. I can risk minus 140 at three units, not realizing that what it actually is is three units with a payout. Like 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 the, you lose yeah. the juice on the payout. You don't you mm-hmm. don't risk more. Um, again, idiot savant i suppose uh but but i'm okay with the niners there i think you know the three unit payback um it's it's less but i feel more comfortable at that 10 and a half number uh obviously than i do at uh you know with a with an 11 and a half with the eagles because and look the 49ers can win nine, win nine games win 10 games win the division I, we said that the, the i prefer the division price if you're actually wagering on it um but rj you actually came back and took the san francisco under didn't you yeah, the way you guys feel about the Eagles, I feel about the 49ers. Uh, they lost a key coordinator there, and typically they've had a pipeline of coordinators that that just replaced. Well, this one, this time they went to Steve Wilkes, who is not one of the young up-and-coming coordinators that have been featured in, in, in on this team in the past. So I don't know how good a job he will be. He will do. They've lost a lot of personnel, on, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but also in the offensive line, and that worries me a lot more than the Eagles' losses um, that they've had. Um, so I don't know how sustainable it is. Then we look at the quarterback, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant last year for a reason. Um, is he going to be the next Tom Brady? I don't know. Yes. Uh, is, should he have been the number one overall pick um, after what we saw in five games plus a couple playoff games? I'm not sure we can say that yet. Remember Jimmy Garoppolo won his first five, six, seven games. Um, and I don't think that we consider him one of the best quarterbacks ever at this point. So I, mean, I think there's a lot of, some of us do RJ. Some of us do. <laughs> I think there's a lot of downside built into San Francisco. So, um, they were because of that high price that Will's talking about when I moved their alternate win total down one unit, I was able to get a plus two forty price on it. While other people moving their alternate win totals, only one win were able to get around plus one forty, plus one sixty, those type of things. So I thought because I was down on the 49ers already, just moving them that single win um, and only getting them down to ten and a, or nine and a half, all they have to go is go nine and eight, and I win a plus two forty bet there. Alex, what pick did you have in the draft? I, I, I can't remember. Who did you take with your first round pick? I had ninth overall, I believe. And yeah, my first pick was fading the Bears. I got this at plus money. Uh, I thought this was just too good of a price to pass up. Under seven and a half wins. I really think this should be six and a half here. Just looking at Chicago. Uh, coming into the offseason, obviously a lot of hype. Justin Fields had the fantastic season. But really looking at this defense, it was historically bad last year. Uh, they were big players in free agency. They just signed two off-ball linebackers to a combined hundred million dollars uh so just didn't really love what the bears did in the offseason specifically on defense have some major question marks uh with the defensive line as well yannick and gakwe being their best pass rusher he's graded out very poorly pretty much every league every year he's been in the league i think this bears defense is going to once again be very bad and as far as the offense is concerned i do like the dj Moore acquisition uh they should have a little bit easier time scoring some points but i just have major durability issues uh with justin fields he takes so many unnecessary hits uh he kind of reminds me of anthony davis like the nba or the nfl's version of anthony davis where two or three times per game he's hitting the deck and you're wondering if it's a season ending injury i just don't think he's going to last the duration of the season i think the defense is going to cause this bears team uh, to be in a lot of high-scoring environments, it's going to put Justin Fields at a lot of unnecessary risk. So I have a really hard time seeing them win eight games. I absolutely love this, especially at plus money, Brinson. You can get this at plus 110, I believe. Yeah, I, I almost took it too. Um, that was one of my my considerations at that plus 110. I actually bet Chicago would have the worst record in the league at plus 2,500. Um, yeah. so I think the 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 floor proposition here is is a lot uh, more realistic than people are expecting um, with this team. Uh, you talk about the Justin Fields injury. Do you know who the backup quarterback is for the Chicago this year? Is it Nate no. Peterman? It's Tyson Bajan. Oh, yeah, that's Bajan, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Undrafted yeah. free agent who won the job. And I think they might have brought Peterman back as the three, but he was the one that made it. I mean, if, if Fields goes down, this is a this could this team might not win any more well, games. And, and it's yeah. worth noting too, I think that when you look at Justin Fields game log from last year, um, you know, everybody's it, it's look, it's easy to get real hyped up about the the runs and how well he played down the stretch and and how much he's gonna run. Well, one, like 
early on in the season, Luke Getzey wasn't running him that much. And the Bears were just awful on offense. And so then they were like, well, screw it. We're not very good. We're just going to let Fields run and, and let Fields do a bunch of these scrambles and all that stuff. Well, I mean, he got banged up in the middle of, in the middle of that stretch and missed a game and, and then uh, was inactive, of course, in week 17. So, like, I, I do think there is if, – if he – if he runs like he ran last year, there's major injury risk. And if he doesn't run like he did last year, there's major can he take a step forward as a passer risk. So I, I like this under as well. Look, you guys know I'm the only per- – I'm on my Bears island uh, all by myself. I, I do actually like that over, but not enough to take it in this uh, in this challenge. For my first uh, bet, my favorite three units, obviously, you know, KC over the 11.5. It's at minus 140, so it's a little bit juicy. But to have three units on that and something that has happened since 2017 was the last time they went under this number. Since Patrick Mahomes became the starter, they've gotten at least 12 wins, and they've gone over their win total since Andy Reid came on in 2012. So – Love that one. Uh, as far as my two-unit total, I actually took Green Bay over the seven and a half. That was at minus one twenty. If you look at them last year, that five-game losing streak that they had absolutely killed them. Even with Aaron Rodgers, you know, I think they've got an easier start to their schedule this season. They've got what Atlanta, Chicago right off the bat, so I think they can get some early wins, maybe build some of Love's confidence here. And you know, a lot of eyeballs are on Lafleur if he can get out of the Aaron Rodgers uh, shadow. So I did that for my two-unit. And then, um, you know, RJ, you and I are just on opposite sides when it comes to the 49ers uh, and the Eagles here. I I did my one unit for the under 11 and a half. I agree with Brinson here where I think this is a double digit win team. This is a very, very good team. Uh, I just couldn't get to the 12. Yeah, I really like that uh, KC for your your highest pick at minus 140. I didn't want to play it there because I was trying to maximize how much I could win. But I do have KC's over 11 and a half in my personal portfolio at minus 120. Yeah. And that's one of my two highest bets of the year. I really think that that's just a lock. If Mahomes doesn't get hurt, they win 12 games every year. Now we're on a 17 game schedule. So they should be even more of a lock to win 12 games every year if Mahomes is healthy. So um, I, I totally understand that that would have been my two unit play if, if you didn't take them and it was available in the next round. Yeah, and uh, in all in all honesty, um, if I could go back and do it over again, um, I would. Would you want to trade and you take the Niners and I'll take KC? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I was like, I'm wait a minute. <laughs> Why did I spite take the Niners on Katie when I could just take the freaking Chiefs? What a foolish endeavor that was by me. And um, I, was, I was upset with you for taking the 49ers at first, and I thought, oh wait, no, I can take. Uh, I could take. No, Katie. I was like, wait a minute. I wish I'd taken the Chiefs. That was a. But RJ, I know, I mean, I feel like we're actually friends, but you also took Seattle to win the NFC West. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I regret a little bit letting my Seattle love out of the bag because Alex, <laughs> Alex looked into the Seahawks after I talked him up to him so much and he started firing away on Seahawks picks in this draft too. So <laughs> I couldn't get all the ones I wanted, but oh. I really like Seattle this year. I think they're a very deep team all up and down the roster. I think they have good coordinators that kind of get overlooked. Shane Waldron might be one of the better court, offense coordinators in the league considering the work he's done with Geno Smith, even dating back to the Russell Wilson's last season. Um, because when he filled in for Russell Wilson, he did not look lost. He looked like he was already becoming that better quarterback we saw for the majority of last year. And then everybody says, okay, he didn't play as well in his final five games. Um, but that might not be the, the, the Russell Wilson, I mean, the Geno Smith we get this year. The real Geno Smith might be the guy closer to what we saw the first 12 games of the season. And if he's that guy, considering how deep the receiver core is, uh, how much better the offensive line is going to be with those two rookie tackles being in year two and getting more continuity on that line, how good the defense is going to be, adding in Bobby Wagner, the draft picks, Jamal Adams coming back at some point. This might be the second best team in the conference in the in the in the conference for me. So I have a lot of positive plays in my future portfolio on Seattle, including to win the division. Um, but I told you Kansas City's over was my one of my biggest plays. My other one is Seattle to make the playoffs at minus one twenty. I just think oh, that's I, I, I pretty love close that to a lot. I love that bet too. Yeah, I couldn't agree more here. I, I was actually funny. RJ and I were talking on a Friday, and he I was telling him I thought Geno Smith was potentially a regression candidate, and he really just encouraged me to just take a look at Seattle's roster. I remember spending the entire weekend looking at this roster, coming away, then contacting RJ on a Monday, telling him I am trying to ride shotgun in the Seahawks bandwagon. My favorite futures position 
overall this season is Seattle to make the playoffs. You can get this at minus 120. I think they are a near lock. I absolutely love their roster construction. Reminds me a lot of when Russ was on a rookie contract. I mean, just see just depth all over Seattle. I think they quietly had one of the best off seasons in the NFL. Their secondary, very strong, made significant upgrades there. Adding Bobby Wagner to the linebacking core. He still played at a very high rate despite being on that terrible Rams team last year. Added Drake Raymond Jones, Jaron Reed to the defensive line. They have very good depth just pretty much all over the field. I think this is going to be a top 10 defense. And then offensively, again, two excellent young rookie running backs, a trio of great wide receivers, two viable tight ends. Geno Smith just needs to be a game manager, in my opinion, for this team to win 10 games. If he's able to uh, kind of mimic how he looked over the first two thirds of the season last year, I think they have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. They have one of the softest schedules based on Vegas's projected win totals. Uh, so that's obviously very encouraging. The NFC is also very soft, ripe for the picking, in my opinion. I think Seattle is a near lock to make the playoffs. I think this should be like minus 200 to minus 250. The fact that you can get it at wow. even money is just mind blowing to me. So, yeah, this is my number one largest position of all futures is Seattle to make the playoffs. So you um, see, I, I unleashed a monster here because he took this in the, middle of, he, in the middle of round four right before I was going to take it with my round four pick later in the round. So I ended up taking the division pick you're talking about. But this would have been my round four pick. I ended up taking the division winner, uh, Seattle, in round five. So, uh, By the way, just uh, I want to know, too, like I think on Seattle's defense, obviously they added Devin Witherspoon with like the highest pick you'll ever see like Pete Carroll and, and John Schneider use on a cornerback. But man, does he fit exactly what he's like a quintessential Seahawks, just a dog who's going to be physical and compete nonstop. And then um, they didn't, uh, I don't know if they claimed him on way. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they did. They claimed him on waivers. My guy, Drake Thomas, um, a linebacker who's I, is on the depth chart listed behind Bobby Wagner. Um, you want to talk about a, a quintessential Seahawk, like a quintessential Pete Carroll guy? If, if this if this guy, if he gets playing time in Seattle, like he is a he's he's smaller, like he's not not like the prototypical size, but he's an absolute dog. And uh, and I think I would not be surprised at all if, if Drake got some run with Seattle at some point. So just something you know, a little, little something to 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 put a, a B in your bonnet or some <laughs> such. The longest shot play I made on the Seahawks, best record in the league, 40 to 1. I think that's a, that's a possibility. Mm, I like that. Um, I like Seattle to make the playoffs too. I, I for me, their sure. line is really sharp at nine wins. I didn't know whether to go over or under that, but I mean, they have what the fifth best odds to win the conference. If, them making the playoffs at minus one twenty, completely agree with all of you there. Um, so now going into some other division winners, I have the Bills to win the AFC East. I feel like the Jets are getting a lot of attention, and I'm pretty high on the Jets. On the Jets. <laughs> on the Jets. Shout but, out know. to the Jets. Shout out to the I know, Jeff said the Jeff Benny Saturday. and the Jeffs. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. The Jets. Oh, but I feel like, look, the the division still has to run through Buffalo. Make no mistake, they are the best team um, in this division. And so I just feel like this this year, having Aaron Rodgers come to their division takes a lot of pressure um, off of Buffalo. Everybody's been looking at Buffalo like they're the top seed, and they're kind of the most disrespected top seed. So I still like Buffalo to win the AFC East. Um, Brinson. What's what's your next pick? Yeah, I, I mean, hey, look, I mean, I've been slamming the the slamming the the Bills to win the division through the table all all uh, all off season. Like it's plus one twenty. Reminds me of the Chiefs last year, and they were plus one sixty, just the most absurd price. I mean, I think the I think the Jeffs are pretty good. The Dolphins the are the, the <laughs> Dolphins are a problem, but like the Bills at plus one twenty to me. I mean, if you Buffalo at plus money, I, I think Buffalo is kind of a sleeping giant. Um, people just off of them this year, but like ah, the Bills are done. They're toast. Von Diggs was unhappy for like two weeks. I don't know about all that. Yeah, not so fast, that, my friends. That, yeah, that's another bet I made in my. Pro- it sounds like I'm betting everything that that we we picked in this, but but that was another key one. I like my best division winners, the Buffalo. I should have, if I wasn't tilting on the Seahawks, I might have taken them at plus one twenty. But I have them at plus one twenty five for two units. I think that's a great buy. Yep, absolutely. Um, one another one I like at plus money that I took. Uh, what a division winner, but I actually took the Atlanta Falcons to make the playoffs at plus one hundred five. Uh, look, the NFC is weak. We got the Niners and the Eagles up top. The Cowboys are right there. Uh, you know, I think we we believe in Seattle for sure as a as a playoff team. But like the NFC South, you know, like the uh, you know the um, <laughs> NFC North, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think Atlanta. Man, have you have you looked at the Falcons? Has anybody really looked at the Falcons' schedule? Because it is an effing joke. 
Like it is the silliest schedule I have seen. Here, tell stop me when you stop me when you get to their first really scary game. Yeah. Home against Carolina, home against Green Bay, at Detroit, home uh, in in um in London against Jacksonville, home against Houston, home against Washington, at Tampa Bay, at Tennessee, home well, against yeah. Minnesota. Detroit, at, Detroit, Detroit could be a scary game Detroit, for them. Right, but it's still the Lions. Like yeah. if the Lions and the Jaguars are their two biggest problems, and then at Arizona, but week ten before their week eleven bye. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go like ten and zero, but man. And then the, after the bye, home against New Orleans at the Jets, at the Jeffs. That's maybe a potentially scary game. Uh, home against Tampa Bay at Carolina. Home against Indy at Chicago at New Orleans. Like, that's their schedule? That's it? Yeah. Are you kidding me? But like, this team is winning 10 games. Well, the thing about schedule talk here is that those teams all get to play the Falcons, too. And it's not like the Falcons are that's this, true. this juggernaut. Either. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if Desmond Ritter doesn't take a step forward, then these could be a lot of ugly 17-16 games that who knows which side wins. Yeah, no, no, that I think that I think that Arthur Smith wants this to be like a knockoff Titans team. We're like Desmond Ritter's a homeless man's Ryan Tannehill, and Bijan becomes like a a version of Derrick Henry. Is is yeah. is my is my best is my best guess. Um, all right, let's talk some awards. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Who's going to win MVP? Defensive Player of the Year. I mentioned Aaron Donald. Maybe some offensive rookie chatter. We'll do that next. Coming up after the break. Friday. The community here in Pittsburgh rallying around you. It's my turn to return the favor. I just feel so loved and so blessed. New Secret Celebrity Renovation, Friday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, so Trevor Lawrence. I got the, I think I yeah. took the first stab at uh, MVP, right? Um, 16 to 1, I think. Did I get him 15 to 1, 16 to 1? Uh, maybe we can bring up the, uh, the odds. I think this is my third round, so, no, fourth round selection. Not I don't know. Fifth round, seventh I, round selection. Fifth plus seventh round selection. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Definitely not the first person to take an MVP pick. All right, so I was this eighteenth person to take an MVP. <laughs> uh, I was the first person to take Trevor Lawrence to win MVP. I'm not picking him to win MVP. He's fifteen to one uh, over there at DraftKings, as you can see on the screen. If you're watching YouTube.com/slash Pick Six, then you still it'll still redirect or wherever the hell it goes. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I know that I, I wanted to pick him for the site and be like, I'm. But but you know who else beat me to it? Pete Prisco. Uh, and I think Pete's point here, too, with the MVP stuff, like, you need to win your division, right? So hey, I've, I've gone through this a bunch, but it's like, if you look at the divisions in the AFC, um, you have Rodgers and Allen. You're talking about the top. Look at look at the people on this on this list. Rodgers and Allen, same division. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, same, Deshaun Watson, same division. Uh, oh, excuse me, Tua, Rodgers, Josh Allen, same division. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, same division. So the only guy with odds of 30 to 1 or less – and Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, same division too. Is is basically Trevor Lawrence. If you, I don't count Fields. Um, twenty to one is absurd for him. But like, but Trevor Lawrence at fifteen to one, win your division, and the Jaguars have a soft schedule. They can win a ton of games. Get that one seed, win your division, have a breakout second year under Doug Peterson, and the MVP is very much on the table for uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think these odds for MVP overall are pretty poor, and so I think that. If you can get a fifteen to one on uh, on on someone like Lawrence, could make a lot of sense. RJ, what was your favorite award pick that you made? 
Well, I'll get my favorite one in a sec. I don't think the war the odds are poor for everyone. I think getting Jalen Hurts anywhere over plus one thousand is great because he should have been the MVP last year if he didn't get hurt. And and getting him so far below Mahomes in these odds, that's why I had to make them my first pick of the third round and correlate it with my Eagles overplay. Um, I wanted to get him in there. But my favorite one, um, and you swore up and down after I did it, was taking Zay Flowers at thirty to one to win Offensive Rookie of the Year because those odds were just astronomically higher than any other site. And and I think it's a very realistic proposition for him to open up as the number one receiver in an offense that's going to pass more and if the quarterbacks struggle a little bit the rookie quarterbacks struggle a little bit don't win a ton of games it's going to leave the door open for someone else to win it Bijan is is the the guy everybody's thinking about but if Zay Flowers is the number one receiver in that offense and that offense plays really well there's going to be some talk about him getting it um he went by the time I got to Vegas I was looked at all the odds for him he was down to 16 to 1 at the highest so I think we got great value when we could at 30 to 1 for offensive rookie of the year with Zay Flowers I actually think that did I take you snipe me on Zay or did I take Bryce Young? I think I took I screwed up and took um Aaron Donald, defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. And then you took Eagles. I was gonna take either Zay. I was like, oh, I'll take Zay or Bryce Young for offensive rookie of the year. Um, like I think a quarterback's gonna win it, but like as you point out, 30 to 1 for Zay Flowers, great number. And um like his performance in the preseason and just how he looked was exactly why that number dropped the way it did. Uh, Alex, what about you in terms of your favorite uh, award bet? Yeah, it's a toss-up, Brinson, but I think I'm going to go Austin Eckler, Offensive Player of the Year. I just can't – I love this number of 50-to-1 odds here. Uh, Eckler, I think he's poised for a career year. This guy's had 38 touchdowns over the last two seasons, had 100 receptions last year, obviously one of the most versatile weapons in the NFL. I think this Chargers offense is set up to uh, potentially be very, very good. I wouldn't surprise me if they led the league in points. I think Eckler is going to be a massive beneficiary of that. I think he's going to score a ton of touchdowns. To me, he has 22-25 combined rushing and receiving touchdown upside in this offense. They're just absolutely loaded. I think he's also a threat for a 1,000-1,000 season as well, considering, yeah, just the touchdown upside, how good this Chargers offense is going to be. I think if the Chargers are able to win 10, 11, 12 games, score a lot of points in the process, Eckler could have a career season in that event. I think he has a great shot to be Offensive Player of the Year, especially at 50 to one odds you know uh, oh sorry go ahead sorry i have a little problem with those combo guys like that and mccaffrey just because the voters like looking at one big number and Mm. and it's just hard to get that those guys to push through and you'll see i wanted to lean from from my pick for offensive player of the year and i think in the betting market you should lean at receiver because because the 17 game season i think somebody's gonna hit 2,000 yards and set set a record pretty soon and um that's that guy's just gonna win the award and so i like firing away with some like 30 to 1 stefan Diggs. i I pick 55 to 1 chris alava here just firing away with some guys that and try to get the guy that's going to lead the league in receiving because we saw the last two years jefferson and cup had two historic seasons one finished i think second all overall in in, uh, in yardage and the other finished sixth overall in yardage all time and if those seasons just keep happening those are the guys that are winning the awards yeah and i guess if you look back to like um when derrick henry won the award it was a 2000 yard rushing season right mm-hmm. like it is i mean that, that's that's a fair point the lobby thing i think is really interesting because you look at 180 targets for Devonte adams last year with Derek carr if if he locks in katie on one guy you know a lot could end up being yeah um his you know his go-to I can't remember who it was, if it was RJ or if it was Prop Stars that was really high on a, a Lave. Yeah, it was, yeah, and you were like, Prop I don't want to tip you guys off because we're in a competition together, <laughs> but Olave is my guy. Did you get Olave yeah. for? Did, that you was me. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't get Olave, so that was one that I, I lost. Did out you snipe him, RJ? Who's I got him <laughs> relatively early. <laughs> this yeah. is just getting personal. Actually, no, I want to say, I want to say, I didn't even take him early. I think he had the, the chance for Alave because I think I took him pretty late. I think I took him in the 14th yeah. round. Well, uh, well, Brinson swiped who I wanted for offensive player of the year. RJ, I know you don't agree with Christian McCaffrey, um, but Dom in the chat said he would sprinkle a little bit on Aaron Rodgers for the MVP, and that's exactly what I did. I did a quarter unit on Rodgers for the MVP, 16 to 1. The guy's done it four times. He's got some offensive weapons. I think that he and Garrett Wilson could be really special, a la him and maybe Devontae Adams, um, how they were. And look, it's the revenge tour for him. If the Jeffs do as well as I actually think and hope they will, then this – 
this is going to be an MVP season for um, Aaron Rodgers. The storyline is there. Everybody likes it. And then the other thing, it's, it's interesting, um, Brinton, that you said that Justin Fields MVP odds were 20 to one. Well, his offensive player of the year odds were the same at 20 to one. And I decided to take a little gamble on this one, throw a unit there because again, nobody believes in the bears, but me, but if you know, they were the worst team in the NFL last year, RJ thinks that they will be uh, yet again, but let's say they get over this win total. They have a good year. Well, then there are some pretty good odds here for Justin Fields to get offensive player of the year because he's going to be the driving force behind all of that. Uh, and then I also threw uh, a unit on uh, offensive rookie of the year, Anthony Richardson at six to one, uh, which we've talked about at length on this program. I'm curious to, th- to see how voters sort of handle the, uh, offensive player of the year stuff in the future, like moving forward, because we've seen like the last four years, it's been a skill position guy, but it's been a skill position guy with a historically like great season or like a very notable season. Um, as RJ points out, like just, you know, Justin Jefferson, massive receiving numbers, um, you know, Derek Henry, massive rushing numbers. It had heretofore been sort of a runner up. It was basically like the Drew Brees Memorial trophy for like not getting, not winning MVP because you live in a world with Tom Brady and, and, and Peyton Manning. Uh, or Aaron Rodgers. And so I'm curious to see, like, if a guy like Fields goes off for big numbers, but his team isn't very good, will the voter, will the, will the voter population, like, decide to reward Fields for that, or will yeah. they still continue to lean towards uh, skill position guy? I think that's, I think that's an interesting trend to watch because it is, it is still a smaller sample size, RJ. Right. Well, that's a good point to make. Um, with the the Drew Brees, those teams were what nine and seven every time. So it's like it was seven and nine three times, and then could, like you couldn't make a guy MVP with a team like that. So you give it to a guy with a winning team. So you try to think about the teams where a quarterback might have a huge statistical season, but not necessarily win the division or win a ton of games, and and, and that might be your profile to Justin play the offensive player of the year. So Herbert. Yeah, so maybe Justin Herbert. I'm thinking Tua. Like Tua could put sure. up, you know, a 4,800 yard season if he stays healthy with a bunch of touchdowns and then they win 10 games or, you know, 11 games. And they're third in the division. I mean, right. So you're like, well, we got to honor his like a huge season. So let's give it to him. Um, But we're not making him MVP because he couldn't even win the division. Yeah. Also, RJ, we didn't talk about what, what, who, what, what does the winner get? We get a trophy, we get a WWE belt. What are we winning Mm -hmm. here? Cash. Not well. Nobody paid in cash. I'm not paying (laughs) cash on my. You mean Sportsline isn't just coming up with extra money for us? Rude. But we'll see if we can put something together besides notoriety um, and and something we can track. But uh, uh, I, I didn't have any prize in, in mind in particular. It took a, a month to get this draft over with. So yeah. um, now now we got to get ready for the season. We'll figure it out later. That was, right. a, that, was a, that was a nice job uh, saying there will be no prize. <laughs> well, there's bragging rights. And I, th- I we were looking into some kind of trophy or belt. I think Alan right. Bell was, was on that. Said, anyway- yeah, I think AB said he's trying to put a belt together or something. Yeah, if, if anyone is going to do it, he could do it. All right, we're going to take another quick break here. Coming up, we'll walk you through our player props for the 2023 NFL Sportsline NFL Futures Championship. Watch Pick 6. We'll be right back. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. And how about this? Get ready for nonstop action that will have you say, You gotta be kidding! Oh my, Canada. Mr. K thinks what a play and what a finish. That's a pretty good football, eh? He's gone all the way to the It's the Canadian Football League, next Sunday on CBS Sports Network. All right, guys, time to get things propping here. Let's talk about some of the props that we did for this NFL Futures Championship. Um, I will start us off. I took I took Rogers and the Jeffs um, over 28 and a half touchdowns is at minus 105. Yeah, last season sucked, right? I think he had 25 or 26 touchdowns. But the two years before that, he went well over this number. So I like him to do that again. There was also one other person um, in the chat that said that uh, Josh Allen would be running less this year. That might be the case. But when he's around the goal line, this guy's still going to be running in. So I actually took him over six and a half touchdowns as well. He had seven last season, only six 
in 2021, be at eight in 2020. I just don't think you can stop this big body in and around the goal line. So I like him to continue doing that. But my favorite one, and I have been preaching this almost every day on the show, is George Kittle over the five and a half touchdowns. It's at even money. You can find it some places at plus 110. Brock Purdy and George Kittle, their connection together is amazing. You know, seven of Kittle's 11 regular season touchdowns came when Purdy was under center, and that was only for, you know, a handful of games. So give me George Kittle on the over five and a half touchdowns at even money. But I also like um, Allen and, and Rodgers as well. I, too, have a 49ers player prop uh, that I took. And while mine was not based quite as much uh, statistical research as Katie's, <laughs> mine was more about... Uh, alphabetical location for oh. Brandon Ayuk. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he is listed amongst the first five yeah. or six yeah. guys, thanks it's to his two, first and last name beginning with B and A. Uh, but I, I saw it. And I was like, man, that seems kind of low. Uh, 775 and a half uh, receiving yards is the over there for Ayuk. Yes, there are a lot of mouths to feed in San Francisco, but he went for 748 yards his rookie season. On just twelve in just twelve games with ninety six targets, the next year, his second year, more efficient um, in terms of yards per catch. But remember, he was in the doghouse in twenty twenty one because of he was hanging out with that bum Trey Sermon, who I think is um, bum. God, Trey Sermon looking for a job. Trey Sermon, what's that? Yeah, Trey. He's looking for a job right now too. But, well, huh? he can be my intern. He can work his. <laughs> Work off, uh, work off what he I'm is. Sure I'm sure he'd love that position. Oh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> unpaid, believe me. Um, 826 yards for Ayuk, his second year on just 84 targets. And then last year, his targets, targets spiked up to 114, uh, and he finished with 1,015 yards. Like, I'm not saying he's guaranteed to go, by the way, eight, uh, five, five, eight touchdowns um, in, the, in those three years. I'm not saying he's guaranteed to go off for like 1,000 yards again, but like, I feel like 800 yards is pretty good if he plays 17 games, particularly uh, since it felt like you know, you jump on the Kittle and, and Brock Purdy connection on those touchdowns. It felt like Kittle was definitely looking towards Ayuk. Uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, Purdy was definitely looking towards Ayuk as well um, yeah. when he when he came in. Yeah, we'll see how they divide things up if everybody's healthy because I know Debo missed on that time too, so that, that can contribute there. Um, so that could be that could be an issue. When going into this, I figured I was taking three unders. Like I always want to play the unders in these yep. because of injuries and everything. And and I had my unders all lined up. I had my draft board lined up of all the picks I wanted in the top. 10 to 11 on every single category were unders. And I had a few overs at the bottom and then it gets into the draft and then news starts developing. And then Joe Mixon's contract situation gets resolved. And I'm like, why is his number only 800 for rushing yards? And I, I want to get over on that. Um, my favorite one was the last pick of the draft. After looking at what the preseason snap percentages and targets and all that have, have um, played out to in Washington and seeing that Sam Howell might not be a zero at quarterback. I had to grab Jahan Dotson over four and a half touchdowns at plus 100. He was a touchdown machine last year. Um, and who knows if that can continue. I don't think the rate that he did it at will continue because he did it like 20% of his catches. It was like seven touchdowns on 35 catches or something ridiculous. But if he is, is getting as much look in that offense as McLaurin um, and might even be better, more efficient in the red zone, I think getting five touchdowns is pretty easy. And again, locking in a plus 100 play for these one unit picks, I think was pretty smart. So that was the, I believe, last pick of the draft. So I waited to see how all the preseason stuff um, shaped out, how depth chart shaped out before I made that pick. And and that was the one I landed on uh, as being the best one right now. Yeah, and I actually faded Travis Etienne under six Ooh. and a half touchdowns. I did myself a disservice, actually, by giving out this pick on here a couple of weeks prior because it actually tanked the price. By the time the futures draft came, uh, when I gave it out, it was minus 120. By the time we did the draft, it was minus 165. Uh, still rode with it there. I just think it's such a solid under. Looking at Etienne, I think he's a dynamic running back, obviously, very explosive, but he's really not suited to run between the tackles. He was one of the least efficient red zone running backs in the NFL last year uh, only five rushing touchdowns last year being the main guy and having very little competition four touches he really wore down as the season progressed as well as yards per carry was under four in the months of November and December the Jaguars were obviously well aware of that they subsequently went out and got Tank Bigsby third round draft pick out of Auburn he's really profiles as a guy who's going to thrive in short yardage situation he's looked very good in the preseason he's certainly uh, earned a job a role in this offense I think it's ultimately going to be maybe not a 50-50 split but a 65-30 
35 split. And I think Bigsby is going to handle a lot of that short yardage red zone work as well. I think this would be a big number for ETN, even if Bigsby wasn't on the roster. With Bigsby on the roster, his, in my opinion, his touchdown number should be four and a half. They're going to have to come from 20 yards out. So absolutely love fading Travis ETN under six and a half rushing touchdowns. Love hearing that the Pick Six podcast is moving lines. Yeah. Um, move that Buffalo win total with the Buffalo division thing, 10 cents like three months ago. Hadn't budged since. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, as everyone is, anyone who listens to the show and as you people are probably well aware, I'm a big fan of Spite. Um, cool. Yeah. Love Spite. Uh, I actually, oh, I, I can't remember what the pick was, but I was um, out of town over the weekend. And as I was, I was in Pinehurst playing golf with the was boys, it, with the boys, hang with the boys. Mm. Um, little, uh, we had a little Ryder cup format where it was, uh, it was people from Raleigh versus people not from Raleigh. Um, I'm not oh. allowed to say what the, the team names were. I don't believe on this. How, game. how many people were from Raleigh versus not Raleigh? 10 and 10. Even. Yeah, that's how we divided it up. Yeah, and now one guy is one guy went to, is from Raleigh, but well, they're like one guy's from Raleigh, but didn't go to this particular school in Raleigh. Like it was either like this anyway went to this one school or or people who didn't. It's like this. It's a public high school. It's like very like it, it's anyway. Long story short, yeah. that's what we were doing. Um, but at one point, Did you win? Well, that's a good question. Um, at, no. So nobody won because <laughs> one of the groups put their scorecard, put their scores in on the, um, the, on the, you know, like in the, on the computer, the monitor, you can track like your scores, like virtually instead of writing them down by hand. Oh. And, and then the computer malfunctioned. It didn't spit out the scores. And so it, it affected the entire contest. And so we don't know who won, um, which is really a good synopsis of the entire weekend to be perfectly honest. Well, I'm like, sure you were you were you were clear minds and full hearts oh, and yeah. can't lose. Yeah, yeah, clear eyes, yes, clear <laughs> clear eyes, full livers, can't lose. Um, <laughs> the uh, but but over the course of the weekend, um, I was not making my pick in a timely fashion, and Alan Alan Bell sent in a pick. Oh, I, I this. he's yeah. like whatever he's like whatever Brinson makes his pick, I'll just do this <laughs> next to keep things and, moving. If I had, if if he if he done it like Sunday, I probably would have spited him and just taken whatever he took and be like, no, 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 I'll have that just out of pure spite. Uh, but it was like Saturday, so I couldn't like. I was like, I, well, I'm not gonna just. I was like, RJ, just Show, give me the Jaguars. And RJ's like, dude, the show, Jaguars shows you the state that Will was in because he couldn't make that pick. The reason that Will, that AB sent it in is because you didn't have that slot open, so he just wanted I was, to keep it going. I was I was not following this draft. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, at, at this uh, at, th- at this particular juncture of my weekend, um, we also accidentally ordered forty two Papa John's pizzas. Uh, how, but it, how does one accidentally order forty two? I don't. Uh, you had twenty guys. It was maybe like it was maybe like thirty two, but it was there's <laughs> the, the the people delivered Papa John's That's twice. Like two, oh. So like some lady shows up and was like. I got some pizza for you and handed us like six pizzas. It was like, hold on. There's more in the car. We're like, what? We already have like 20 pizzas in here. Uh, anyway, that was going to be my spite move. Obviously I wasn't able to do it, but I'm curious, RJ, did you have anything that you, that somebody else took outside of the Seahawks and Alex that you, you were like, I wish that was mine. Mm. Like, you know, like what, like, was there a spite moment for you? Were you like, Oh, I wanted that. I mean, it really boils down to the the Seahawks plays. Um, I, I think there was a, a right on this podcast. Then. Dirty little, prop stars. A little make miss playoffs play. I took Detroit to miss the playoffs. I want to say that was probably like my fourth option. So I was probably wishing that I would have had something else there. Um, but but that was probably it. I actually correlated that play because I took Detroit's under with them missing the playoffs. I figured in this type of draft where you're just trying to win, you're trying to get the biggest total. Why not correlate your plays? So if I I'm either going to go two and zero or zero and two of those picks. Uh, Alex, anything, any, anything that somebody that somebody drafted where you're like, 
God, that's what I wanted. Because like, I would actually throw out Zay Flowers, too, for me, when RJ took Zay Flowers, as I, as I mentioned before. Like, I, I thought I was going to get him. I don't know why I thought he was going to come back to me, but, um, yeah. The, there were a couple picks that I definitely wanted. Emmanuel Forbes for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I gave that out here, actually. Did I steal I that from you? I may have no, stolen Did you steal that, Princeton? I thought it was Seeing the Shot. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Seeing the Shot, so I was definitely intending on uh, going with Forbes. I also, and this isn't necessarily something I spited, but I did wish that I mimic RJ's strategy with leaving the props for the final three rounds oh. just because of the sheer volume of the prop market. It yeah. just kind of allows you a lot more flexibility and it's unlikely that you're going to overlap with someone. So I do regret not uh, kind of deploying that strategy. I thought that was very savvy uh, from RJ. Who did create the structure, but speaking was, spe- oh sorry go ahead will you did get take forbes. i did get, I I did thinking, get forbes yeah, yeah. sia was I'm oh you did on one of the yeah, early yeah. edge podcasts where sia back well, tip of the hat and i, I tip of the hat for instance yeah was that, was that a middle finger there. or is that a tip of the hat <laughs> uh the um by, by the way speaking of spite so apparently um every 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 week this year on Sportsline on the on the show version i i'm going to be going head to head with uh coach john the coachman and um on Sportsline or on um spotlight on Spotlight, sorry, yeah, yes, on CBS Sports HQ Spotlight. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yesterday during our trial run, we were doing awards, oh, yes. and he was like, "Listen, Mister Will Brinson from the Cover Three podcast." And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, first of all, Coach, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not on the Cover Three podcast." And then he goes, "And let me tell you a little something. I've got two picks for Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year. My man, Prop Stars. You don't have Prop Stars on the Pick Six podcast." I was like, "No, no, no, we we do actually." Yeah. <laughs> is literally on the show and he has given out these same picks on my podcast as well so like congrats for no prop stars. Yeah, early edge you got no edge we got prop stars on our right. yeah 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 you're lacking an edge because i knew what picks you were going to make before you he's like jameer games and emmanuel forbes i was like you could have gotten those by listening to the big six podcast um so but that, that'd be fun so make sure to watch uh cbs sports hq spotlight um, was there another one I had that was a spite pick? Well, first of all, Brinson, you picked right before me. You were number two. I was number three. And obviously, Brinson and I are very close. We work together every single day. We know what teams we like. You snaked me on several 49ers picks. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Yeah, that's right. So I forgot you were three. I was thinking yeah, you were later. Right after yeah, I was just like, like, I was like, oh, I'm two. And RJ took the Eagles under. I was like, I'm taking the 49ers over. And I was like. I'm not even sure that's my favorite. And then favorite. you took Christian McCaffrey and you took yeah, Isaac. Yeah. I mean, you were, yeah. You were. Uh, what happened was Katie was four and AB was three. And oh, then like you guys yeah. tag teamed and like you were like, uh, AB was taking McCaffrey overs and Will was taking other <laughs> yeah, picks. So we were just and, the yeah. So like if no Katie didn't take a 49er, yeah. it went down through the turn and around and she lost like two or three 49ers picks. Every oh, and like, like, uh, like AB, like I was, I'm looking at it right now. It's like he took Kyle Shanahan coach of the year. Like it's like yeah, just you're just like just, I just 49ers getting, yeah. getting like peeled off the board every five. I took uh, I had Ayuk, um, Christian McCaffrey uh, took the over. Yeah, the whole 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 a whole pile of uh, Niners, a whole mess of Niners. Uh, we, we, we do have to get out of here, but one more thing. So I joined the fantasy football today um, fantasy auction draft. They invited me to join with them, which. You know, I, look, I I gamble on things. I do play fantasy, but going up against the FFT guys is like an entirely different realm of uh, competition. But when I signed on, first of all, everyone is just using their names, their normal names. You know, you got uh, Jamie Eisenberg, you got Dave Richard, and I I was like Zero Dark Purdy. Like I gave myself the full <laughs> name, and but it's like all these big names and then Zero Dark Purdy. Uh, but I will say Jack Cap, who's the producer of FFT, he's his name was the San Francisco 49ers. and I'm like, I bet everybody thinks that that's me. Uh, yeah, 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 hundred. 100 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. but contrary to a popular belief all right guys thank you so much for joining us today again you can check out um, this article and the competition follow along on sportsline.com you can also sign up for just one dollar if you use the promo code trophy or brinson or moxie we got to get a pick six one on there make sure you join us tomorrow for more nfl coverage remember to like comment and subscribe on the youtube page everyone listening to audio only download follow leave a five-star review tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. And thank you so much to prop stars, Alex Selznick and RJ for joining us today. Can't wait to make uh, money with you. Y'all will be on us every single Thursday throughout the season on our pick show. So make sure you guys keep it dialed there to, uh, to win your bets.